Welcome to a Backyard Ultra podcast. In this podcast, Tim Walsh from Dead Cow Gully and Nicole Jukes from Backyard Ultra Australia came on and we recapped the year of 2022. Here we go. Okay, g'day, um, Nicole and Tim. How are you going? Hi, Pato. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, awesome. Thanks. Good, thanks, Pato. Thanks for having me. No worries. Are you um, fired up to talk about the year that's been? I'm pretty excited to talk about the year that's been. It's been a really big year in um, Backyard Ultras. Um, there's been a lot of races, a lot of records broken. The Australian record got broken several times. So, And there's quite a lot of new races too that have popped up. So, Yeah. I think there's a, a couple of new ones um, lined up for next year too, isn't there? Yeah, I think... Tim, do you have one next year? Yeah, I, I might have to put that on put that on ice, Nicole. I um, it's just a little bit busy with the with the masters, the backyard masters. So yeah, yeah, the, the bull camp backyard ultra. I think I'll just hold a training run. It's just yeah, it's a bit too hectic. I think the schedule. Yeah. Mm. I saw on Aura there was a uh, a logo and a tentative date on there yeah i had to pull it pato i just um to be honest i still haven't measured out the course so yeah. <laughs> that's not really ideal preparation but um yeah it's just just finding the time because i'm just juggling my normal day job which is disability care and then uh, just to get ready for this upcoming training run which is january 7 i've spent oh you know, the best part of two weeks trying to get the course ready. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of um, bit of work. Mm. Well, you've got a big year coming up. You've got the Masters as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, – I hope to see you there. And um, I think I think you'll probably qualify. Hello, you seem to be an up-and-coming runner. Well, I'm determined to qualify, but um, – you may have heard me say on other podcasts, like I was going to do the Devil's Lair. No, I told you when we talked last, I was going to do Devil's mm -hmm. Lair. But um, I thought that was my best chance to do 35, but now I've only just got the one. I've got the MVP in Feb. Mm -hmm. But um, look, I'm, I'm so determined, like I'm pretty sure. I'll do it. I've marked off in my calendar the dates. So. When can you qualify up till, Tim, for that? I think it's um, I think it's May first. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that was the date. So there's still time. Look, I've even had others contact me saying, "Yeah, there's there's not enough events on the calendar." So one guy I've set out a challenge to just if he can clock up a hundred miles in 24 hours, mm. we'll just put him put him down as a um, a wild card entry. So yeah, if you contact me, because there's still places available, just contact me. Yeah. We can work something out yeah. yeah awesome are you doing it nicole um no i will not be participating in masters sorry tim <laughs> i have another goal that weekend um so that's the um same weekend as bvrt 100 and that's the australian marla championship so gonna have a little crack at that one i think awesome hmm. so that, wow. that's 100 miles is it yeah. Okay. Oh, well, there is 200 as well, but it's the 100-mile championship. Yeah. Oh, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Nicole, 
Nicole, what's the what's the female record for one hundred miles? Um, yeah, so it's um, well on the BVRT. Oh, I forget who it was. Was it Judge Kathleen Judge or something? It's just over nineteen hours. That's do you think you'll give, and do you then, think you'll, um, give, you'll give that a crack? I'll give it a crack. <laughs> mm. Always give it a crack, but yeah, you just never know how these things pan out. Could crash and burn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, what um, what uh, backyard ultras do you have on your radar for twenty twenty three? Me. Yeah. Um. Yep. Yeah, so, uh, Dead Cow Gully, of course. Um. What else? I will be doing. Um. I've got my eye on Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Um. I'm definitely going to do the team event. Um. By AAA Racing later in the year. Um. I really like that race um and probably old mates old mates backyard yeah that looks like a good one yeah i'm actually pretty keen to get there um that's josh duff's race so yeah, yeah. That should be a good one yeah that looks awesome i loved how hard it looked yeah yeah and there's just so much more at play at that one because the temperature soars so yeah, yeah it'll be interesting yeah so humid as well yeah um, so I've got, um, you would have um, both received the categories that I came up with for like the 2022, I'll just say awards. Mm-hmm. But, um, I thought maybe we'll start, um, if you guys are ready, with standout performance of the year. Yeah, so I've got a few for this one. Um and I, I, I want to start by saying these categories were so hard to come up with someone. Like you can't just pick one because there's just so many good runners at every level. Um, the people running one yard or six yards or 24 or 50, it's it's insane the effort that everyone is putting into this sort of format. Um, but um, so standout performance. So I've got three actually. Um, my first being Nikki Wind. So she debuted at Clint Eastwood um, with 36 yards. She'd never done a backyard ultra before and just straight to 36. Um, she was the last female standing there. Um, John Yoon, so he debuted um, at Clint Eastwood. Uh, he did 41 yards there. That was his first time. And then he went on um, to the world's team where he did an extra 10 more yards with 51, um, which is just insane. Um, and then uh, I'm going to say Josh Duff. Um, so he did um, Dead Cow Gully and he was the assist. Um, so he comes from a triathlon background and he just rocked up to Dead Cow Gully and knocked out 36 yards um, and was Barry Loveday's assist. So, yeah, yeah they're my three. Yeah, nice. I was going to say, like, um, because I had um, John Yoon on a couple of weeks ago and we talked yeah. about Clint Eastwood race and it was really funny because he didn't even know about the satellite world championships oh yeah he ran the whole race and didn't actually know no one said one word to him about it he got yeah. home back to Melbourne and then he got a phone call like offering him for a spot in the team and he yeah. never he didn't even know about it yeah I just love it when these people just turn up to this format because you either I, I see it all the time they either turn up 
never having done one and they either do really well or they can be really great elite ultra runners and turn up and just not do well at all in this type of format. Mm. So, yeah, it's interesting to watch. What about you, Tim? So can you just name the categories, mate? I just oh. I just don't want to get mixed up here. Yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. I've got standout performance of the year. Mm -hmm. I've got runner of the year. Mm -hmm. Moment of the year. Mm -hmm. Race of the year. Runner or runners to watch in 2023. And predictions for 2023. Okay, so so the first one was was that performance of the year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, um, yeah, most of these categories I think are dominated by the um, the satellite champs, so the Miriam Wernett, mm. and um, yeah. So I think Rob Parsons for me was was a real standout. So he achieved seventy three yards, and I believe you were there to witness that, Pato. And um, it was just a phenomenal race. Like I, I had goosebumps, like because I, I think by about forty yards, we still had probably what ten people yeah. in the game, ten or twelve people in the game, and and you you picked it, Pato. You picked a big total. I I had reservations about it because um, of the start time plus the elevation of the course. I, I was sort of thinking we'd be lucky to get. 48 or 50 but but you picked it mate you picked a big number and yeah rob parsons he um he beat his his pb by 29 yards mm. that's 194 k's so if, if you did 29 yards in a backyard ultra you're doing pretty well <laughs> yeah but he beat his pb by 29 yards so um yeah, Rob Parsons, didn't know much about him. I think the Western Australian crew knew what he was capable of. They knew he was pretty tough. But what really surprised me was just his strong mental game. He didn't seem to be phased. He just constantly came in around 52, 53 minutes. Um, he wasn't um, – he never really seemed to be rattled. He was always the last runner coming in. And um, he could have kept on going. Like when he finished, he, he didn't collapse in a heap. He actually looked the strongest runner out there. So I know Phil was surprised when when Rob dropped out, but I just don't think he was he was prepared to take on Phil and, and head towards a hundred. I don't think he really um, was immensely prepared for that. But. Yeah, I think he's one to watch and probably, yeah, probably the performance of the year. But uh, alongside uh, Margie Hadley, so she um, she got the record. So she took that off Jessica Smith and she got 47 yards. And again, didn't know much about Margie, um, heard a bit about her, but didn't know her personally. Cancer survivor, very humble. And she just seemed to go about a business um, very low key, and and you sort of you soon realise that yeah, I think she's um, she's a real powerhouse yeah. in um, in the backyard ultra for sure. Mm. She's um, 
like she's got a really good like all round ultra running resume as well. Like she's been in the twenty four hour track team and the one hundred k Australian team too. So mm, yeah, that's she's, true. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I had a, I went pretty. Um, I just went the pretty obvious stuff for standout performance of the year. Um, Phil Gore and the White Kenyon at Miram Wernet with their seventy six yards. Yeah. Um, and then um, the White Kenyon and Kevin Muller at the Clint Eastwood with 59. But yeah. uh, I also put down Ben Nichols and Matt Doobie at MVP with 41 yards mm. because um, uh, look, it's a really hard course. It was in the middle of summer. It yeah. was absolutely scorching. And, and they both proved how good they are with their performances mm. at Miriam Wernet, especially Ben Nichols. He went into the 50s. So, um that they were my three for the standout performances of the year. Yeah, nice. Mm. Mm. Um, that reminds me, we'll just uh, change topic for a second. With the Masters, how many runners have you got um, line, um, confirmed at the moment, Tim? I think we have about 38 to 40. So um, I, I released another 10 slots a couple of weeks ago. And they, they filled in pretty quickly. So um, there's still more local entries up for grabs. Probably another late, uh, sorry, another eight local entries. And there's another eight wildcard entries. So we want to we wanna cap this at about, um, about 60, 60 max. So, um, Tim, are a lot of those runners, are they doing Dead Cow Gully? Yeah, they look. Some of them are, and I, I offered them um, offer them a full refund. I, I honestly don't want them going big at Dead Cow because that, that works well for me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, look, there's a few ways of looking at. It. There could be a bit of cat and mouse happening because yeah, you can have some big runners at Dead Cow, and no one knows are they going to go for it yeah. or they're going to hold themselves back for the Masters, which would be in about nine weeks. Yeah. from dead cow so uh it's going to be really interesting mm. a lot of these I people though they they do back up like constantly big race after big race so yeah i mean i yeah i think some people just can't help it yeah. i think if they've signed up to a race like ryan crawford's a classic classic yeah. example i can't see him just pulling out at 24 mm. yards yeah um yeah, but I mean, God, I I also think, would you really want to risk it when when Harvey Lewis is coming out and you've got a big contingent from New Zealand coming out? Would you really want to risk injury? So mm. that's something every runner is going to have to think about. Yeah. <laughs> what would you do? What would you do, Nicole? If um, it was you? Well, I already I've made my decision. Um... But if you were signed up for both, just. This is a hypothetical. If you were signed mm -hmm. up for both, what would you do if you were one of these runners? Well, I feel like <laughs> I'm a bit like Ryan Crawford and um, I'd, I'd just go for it. When you're in the moment and mm. it's all going to plan and suddenly everything's coming into place, you don't stop. If you're about to, if you think you might have the race of your life, mm. I just, I don't think I could stop. Could you personally recover after nine weeks, like physically, mentally, and 
just doing the same course again nine weeks later. Well, you know how I feel about Dead Cow Gully course, so <laughs> probably. Um, but, yeah, I guess some people it, it might be mentally draining. Mm. There is the um, second, isn't there a night course at the Masters as well? There will be two separate courses. Yeah, yeah. I actually rode. I rode in that course this afternoon. So, yeah, that's um, so you, you the night loop. You come down Walsh Road, then turn left onto Runnymede Road, and it's just a nice bitumen out and back. Mm. So um, I haven't measured the elevation yet, but I'm guessing it would be. Oh, look, I think it would be. I think it would be under twenty. 15 to 20 metres at the most. Oh, really? So it's so pretty flat. Yeah. It's pretty flat, yeah. yeah. Is that definitely happening, a night loop? Um, for for the Masters, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see how it goes anyway. I mean, Harvey Lewis, he he requested that. That was a part of the conditions for him coming mm -hmm. out. He wanted it to be as close as big as possible. Yeah, so the trail loop, the night loop, and he thinks he thinks ultimately with that the runners will go a lot longer because you've got that variation there. And um, yeah, some some runners like trail, some like road. And um, yeah, the only issue for me is just yeah, there's got to be like a traffic management plan in place and some because it's a public road. Yeah. So I just have to <laughs> organise a few details. Yeah, it is a it, it is the perfect timing for um, like getting ready for bigs, like the perfect race to prepare for bigs, like your like mm. your crew and everything like that. Because I understand that bigs you can only have one crew member as well. Um, you can't have more than one, so I think oh, it's really? a perfect opportunity for the runners who are going to bigs to um, practice their strategy for bigs. Mm -hmm. I checked out the gully a couple of days ago too, and look, the positive is the water is going down. So, with the heat we've had up here, it's really soaking up, um, soaking up a lot of those puddles. So, um, if we can use the gully, I'll, I'll definitely put it in because it is like Nicole can probably tell you it's it really makes the event. Mm -hmm. I mean. That, that's where that's where we get the name from dead cow gully and it's it's definitely a highlight going through there and um yeah i know a lot of runners were bummed out that they, we couldn't use the gully yeah at first i was i was bummed out that we weren't doing the gully um but then after a few hours on on the um alternative grass track i was okay with it <laughs> we're thankful yeah yeah so you already know it's going to be too wet like come April for the, you won't be running the gully. Is that right? Am I hearing? Yeah, that? well, it, it's just um, the the weather system we've had up here, Pat. I think I mentioned it last time. It, it's like a one in fifty year event, mm. and it's our creek's been running constantly ever since. Uh, probably like yeah, probably since Dead Cow, probably since March or April. So it's very very um, very unique circumstances up here and it just takes a long time for it to sort of drain out and there's um 
there's all these like bogs around the property where water's just sort of just sort of lying there so yeah mate if if just say if we didn't get much rain if we didn't get those summer storms there might even be a chance we can use the gully for dead cow and for the masters but yeah i just i just don't want to get people excited or make any promises yeah mm -hmm. fair enough <laughs> i love it i love it down there because it's a different ecosystem mate like it's I had a little walk through there. It's just so different from the rest of the um, the course. Yeah, you want you down there. It's 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 yeah, such a cool little environment. Mm. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, should we talk about runner of the year? <clears throat> runner of the year. Oh, this is the big one. <laughs> so, I'll let you you go first, Pato. Oh, okay. Well, I, I went for the obvious choice. Phil yeah. Gore, Phil okay. Gore. Yeah. Um, he won all three backyard ultras he ran, ran in. He's the current Australian record holder with the 76 yards. Um, and apart from backyard ultras, he also ran 100, like 250Ks in a 24-hour track race. There's only 10, Pete, like 10 men who run further than that, than him. Um in Australian history, that is. And he also gives a lot back to the sport with his race volunteering and his articles to Aura as well. So he's not just an awesome runner, but he, he gives a lot back too. And you can't go, I just couldn't go past him. Yeah. Mm. What do you guys think? What, what do you think, Tim? Oh, okay. Uh, look, I think it's Phil Gore. I think the runner of the year. 76 yards, I, I met Phil for the first time at uh, Miriam Wernett, so I'd been texting back and forth with him. Um, I met, it, met him and Gemma for the first time. So he's a very interesting guy. So a, a lot of people train for these events and, and they've got really good training plans. But what separates Phil is, is his race preparation. I don't think anyone prepares for race um, like Phil. So he's got a plan for everything. He's got, he's got a sleep plan, which is, in my opinion, that's what won it for him on the day. He's got a food nutrition plan. He's got multiple crew. He's got a plan for each loop. He, he changes clothes regularly, has different shoes, different sunglasses. And, and what I think he does is he deliberately has variation um, for each loop. So if, if you can have a shower, if you can change your clothes, change your shoes, you can actually feel like a, a new runner. Yeah, and clean your yeah, teeth. And that, that's, what, that's what stops that monotony and boredom and that sort of um, which can kind of wear you down over time. So Phil, um, Phil just mastered it. And um, I think everyone at the event, particularly on the East Coast who – hadn't really come across Phil. I think they've all gone back to the drawing plan and and they're thinking, how can I be more like Phil when it comes to race prep? It's just ridiculous what he does. Yeah. But I think that's what you need to to get those big loops and to, to win an event. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think that's one of the reasons also why the Masters is going to be so important for someone like Phil because he can try it all the strategies 
because he's not going to be able to approach it the same way he did at Mirren Wernit. He's probably not going to be able to have a shower. He's only going to have the one crew with him. It's going to be a lot different. Like So I reckon he'll probably try and mirror the conditions at Biggs um, and try mm. and use um, the Masters to practice that. Yeah. And and the good thing about Phil, and you mentioned this, Pato, is he actually he does give a lot. Like he he's not he's not secretive. Like in, in your podcast interview with him, he he actually goes through how he prepares for a race. Yeah. So and anyone can listen to that. And I think he he is trying to help others who are getting into the game and, and want to go big. So yeah. um yeah, definitely Phil Gore for me is the runner of the year. Okay. Yeah. He's a good team good teammate. Like he's often like on Strava, he's often running with more than like with friends yeah. and other people so yeah. yeah well i i couldn't pick just one um so obviously yes phil gore he's done three back out ultras this year all over 50 yards also the australian record so he he's an obvious pick um, um but i wanted to point out margie hadley um so she's done four this year um she's now the female record holder um, so her previous BYU record was 38 yards and then she went to 47. Um, yeah, so that's really impressive. But I also wanted to point out um, Kevin Muller. So he's a phenomenal runner um, and he's done so well this year. Um, so his previous backyard ultra record, I think, was 42 hours at Clint Eastwood in 21. Um, and then, obviously, he was Ryan Crawford's assist at Clint Eastwood um, this year where he did 58 hours. And he did all of that. So he did that after um, only a few weeks before. He was, you know, doing uh, the 50K at um, Glasshouse where he was first. Um, he did the 24-hour um, at Southern Sydney. It, it, he's just race after race consistent. Um so yeah, he's he's a great runner, and um, so yeah, I'm gonna add him to one of the back out ultra runners of the year. Yeah, sure. He was also one of the um, last ones standing at Hysterical Carnage when it got cancelled. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I reckon they would have gone gone pretty far that if that didn't get cancelled. That I, I was excited to see how that race would um, end up. There was yeah. some some really good names there. Um, yeah. So it's a, a unanimous then Phil Gore with a special mention to Margie Hadley then, I guess. Yeah, and Kevy. Oh, yeah, and Kevy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, moment of the year. Yeah, so. There's so many. I've, I picked four. Uh, yeah, I actually, I, I couldn't pick. Um, like, like personally, I've, I've had incredible moments in backyard ultras. Um, but I wanted to mention, and I don't know which race this was from, but it was recent and I don't know the fellow's name. So maybe one of you two know, but the guy who DNF'd in the first 30 seconds of a race. Do you remember that? I heard about someone. Yeah. Um, I don't. It might be someone else. Though someone went to their car at the start of a, at the start of the first loop, and um, Laz was watching it the live stream. Yes. And yeah. He said, "No, nah, that's against the rules. He's got yeah. to 
So yeah. I thought that, that, that was a moment. That was a moment worth mentioning. Um, but um, one of my personal favourite moments um, was at Dead Cow Gully, um, watching Zach Willard finish his lap. Um, so yeah, Zach's a mate of um, ours, of Tim, and um, he he's just incredible. He um, he did the whole loop and he made it back in time. And um, yeah, I, I think if he does one next year, I think he'll probably double his distance. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, just just to um, just for people who don't know Zach, so he's got spina bifida, and um, yeah, so he has issues just walking let alone running i took him out the other day we were in redcliffe um a couple of weeks ago and um i just did a bit of a 10k on the front and he did a 5k and he was um he was absolutely trashed after that 5k so he did it in 58 minutes and his ankles his ankles were wrecked like he he had pain for a few days and that was just walking that was walking the 5K in 58 minutes. And I said to him, mate, you did an extra 1.7Ks at Dead Cow. Yeah. And came in around 58 minutes. Just if, if you can just sort of wrap your head around that. So Drew was with him the whole way and pushing him. And and for Zach, he, he said it to me. He said that was actually probably the hardest thing I've ever done. And he, he was at that halfway point, he was just cooked he was wrecked so um yeah if it wasn't for drew i think he would have probably just <laughs> he would have timed out or he would have probably just stopped halfway oh, it so, was amazing it was um yeah it was just one of those moments a, a goosebump moment mm. really it was mm. well captured in the in the doco as well yeah yeah mm. But probably, probably my moment, um, I mean, obviously Zach's right up there, but uh, I, I witnessed uh, Ryan Crawford in those last couple of loops and just to see him, um, just to see him like completely out of it and sleep deprived. Was this at Worlds? Yeah, this is Miriam Wernert, yeah. And I, I was just, I, I've never seen anyone like that. Like it was just... Um, Although they obviously had a lot to do with Ryan, but yeah, just just getting him back into the starting corral, him not really knowing where he where he was or if the race was still on, and um, it just yeah, just to see someone sleep deprived, um, like he <laughs> he said to me, he said to me that he, when he was running, he thought he saw me out on a tractor in the paddock. <laughs> Yeah. You know, he, he, I think he was waving at me on a tractor. Yeah. I said, mate, I'm not on a tractor. You know what, like Harvey Lewis, um, his battles with Courtney, um, Dolwater, uh, it was sleep deprivation, which really, um, which was sort of, um, which is why, yeah, I think him and Courtney, when Courtney got that new world record, he just went out in one loop and he didn't know where he was and he was just absolutely out of it. So, um, yeah, in conversations with Harvey, he actually, that's, once you get those later loops, that's something that you have to train yourself to do. So during his lunch breaks at school, he, <laughs> he 
he walks into a closet and just tries to get a couple of minutes sleep and just sort of trains himself just to sleep for two or three minutes. Wow. Um, yeah, and that's what he does in his lunch breaks. And he's sort of um, – he, he seems to think that you can train yourself to to just sleep at, at, at the drop of a hat. Most of us can't. But, yeah, if you're in the business of back at all, because I think it's really something you've got to think about. And I know, Ryan, it's definitely um, – it's definitely something that he's looking at is is the sleep, the sleep plan, sleep preparation. Yeah, I know for Ryan, he does a lot of meditation between laps, um, so not so much sleeping. He even does, like, um, meditation as he's walking. Um, yeah. Running. Yeah. 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 I know I've, I've personally tried to sleep between laps before and... Um, and it made me really nauseous. I did it for a couple of laps one year at Clint Eastwood and I just remember mm. waking up to that whistle and suddenly I just felt so nauseous. And then so it was part of the game plan then for Dead Cow Gully to not sleep um, and I had the best race mm. I've ever had. Um, so, yeah, I guess it comes down to each person. But, yeah, to go long, you definitely have to sleep, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, on the um, video that... Um, it was on two videos, actually. You would have probably seen the one that fit the article about Phil Gore on Channel 7 News in WA, and it showed a little bit. It showed a small snippet of Ryan Crawford on his um, chair between them, and it looked so. It looked like he was pretending he was trying to stay awake, but he was actually really trying to just, he was just, yeah. he was going, oh, it looked so, you, you've yeah. got to watch it. It's so funny. <laughs> The um, I've got uh, my moments of the year. I've got four. I've got uh, Evo and Marin both finishing together on 101 yards. Yeah, in Belgium. Mm -hmm. that, was that, that was poetic, really. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. When I first heard it, I thought, oh, I would have liked to have seen a battle and see yeah. how far, seen what could have happened, but. Um, after thinking about it and after speaking to them as well, I could have, I kind of understood why they finished on, finished together on 101. Yeah. And they mentioned that, like, there were a lot of people there and they weren't there to watch a battle. They were mm. what, there to watch them break 100. Yeah. And once they did that, they, did it. it was pretty much job, job well yeah. done. I also think it comes back to, like, the, the whole Back Out Ultra format, it's really, it's about community, right? Mm. I think some people have probably lost that along the way. Um, but that's a perfect example right there. Like at the end of the day, it's it's not about the number one or anything like that. It's it's community. It's backyard yeah. ultras. Yeah. That's a perfect example. Yeah, yeah well, well, said, well said, Nicole. Hey, Pato, can I just jump in for a second? Yeah. What was your, what was your key takeaway from your interview with the Belgians? Um, oh, there was a few things, but probably the most, they, they were really into mindset, mindset. Like the most important thing was mindset. Um, they were, when I was asking them about then next back out ultra they're going to do, they're probably not going to do another one before bigs. Um, and as long as they're fit going into it without any injuries, they're, um, as long as they've got that mindset, they, they're confident they'll be able to do well. Yeah, wow. Yeah. 
So more about mind than physical. Yeah. Mind, mindset, and then second was crew, but definitely mindset was their number one. Did it strike you, Pato? They don't seem to have big egos. Like, uh, you know, they've done a pretty incredible thing and they seem to be very, uh, very humble and very low-key and um, just sort of gentle guys. Yeah, yeah, really nice, really nice, yeah, low-key, nice guys. Just, yeah, they're not like, they're not hardcore dudes. They're just like quite nice, nice guys, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, also, I was surprised. Like, I thought, like, when I've done backyard ultras, I like changed my socks. I went through eight pairs of socks in twenty-two hours. They went through one. They only changed their socks once, each of them. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. <laughs> in one, I'd, I'd hate to do that washing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you might throw those ones away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but their main thing was like, thinking, oh no, I think I'd keep them. <laughs> if I think if they if they said though if they got their feet really wet, then they would change them. But it didn't rain much. So they said if you if they're working, why change them? Yeah. It goes with the shoe and sock combination. Mm. Mm. So I'm not gonna worry about that as much for my next race. Um I've got Australia coming third in this satellite world champs. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. worth it. That's a that's a that's a huge thing, I think. Yeah. Um, Nicole Jukes breaking the female dead cow gully record with thirty oh. yards. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that was an awesome moment in the doco. Um, yeah. And another one for Miriam Wernett. You'd remember this one, Tim. Is Ross McPhee just going yard after yard after yard? with like an obviously badly hurt leg yeah he kept on going and going and going and i reckon he went for at least 15 hours longer than anyone thought he would just because his leg looked like it was hurting that much do you remember that tim i felt bad for him mate like i felt like giving him like a walking frame but it was yeah. rules but he looked like he should be in a nursing home um <laughs> Like he he was just there's no way when he started the loop that you would think that he would finish in time like yeah. not a chance yeah like when it first happened I think we're all looking around thinking okay um, you can cross this guy off yeah but um, but what did you say did he do another fifteen that's well he did forty nine in total and it was well it was definitely around the thirties when I know when we noticed it. Was that something broken? Did he break something or just? I think it was just a strain. It was something to do with his calf. Yeah. Calf, yeah. Well, he, he told me it was actually, it was easier running than walking. Mm. He, he could, once he started running, it wasn't too bad, but it was just walking that mm. he, he could barely walk and, and you had a hill straight up. So um, I, I thought it was something to do with the knee, but maybe I was wrong. No, it could have been. It could have been. It looked like his whole leg was hurting. Every mm. part of his leg. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that was um, that was pretty cool. I felt sorry for everyone. Felt sorry for him as well because he was he qualified for the race by winning the Miriam Wernet um, earlier in the year on the actual paddock. Yeah. So he was really keen 
to run the whole thing on the paddock and then it got moved to the road which wasn't uh, his um, which wasn't what he was planning for yeah. Um, so yeah a lot, a lot of people were feeling sorry for him because of that as well it, it really top guy as well um mm. really good family so yeah i mean the thing is um pat i'm not sure if you experienced this but everyone everyone i met down there were just pretty good people yeah and it, there really was there really was a, a team australia bond yeah which um i mean the last the last one at clint eastwood it was a bit odd because you had the COVID restrictions so it was virtually um it was all queensland runners people just couldn't get into the state mm -hmm. so um but this one really had a had a national feel you know you had the the big crew from wa come over you had the victorians and you had queenslanders and you had the boy from tassie ben hurst yeah so yeah it was just um i did get goosebumps i just <laughs> i just thought um we're witnessing something special here yeah yeah it was it was um race of the year that was definitely race of the year for mine nicole yeah race of the year um uh so from from a personal perspective from my own personal racing um obviously there were two for me which was dead cow gully um where i um broke the female course record um and of course states of origin where i was the first australian female to win a backyard ultra um so they were my they would be my personal races of the year um but from as a spectator um i would say um clint eastwood um when it was ryan and kevin um yeah it was, it, it was just amazing to watch because I, I was there firsthand um just watching it unfold and yeah watching um kevin go from a pb of 42 to 58 hours in ryan i think um his previous pb i could be wrong was 44 hours um at dead cow gully in 21 then went to yep. 59 hours like just just watching them, it was amazing. They just kept getting up. And um, yeah, so that's probably mine. Nicole, who was the third runner at Clint Eastwood, number three? Eastwood this year? Yeah. Yeah, so Baz. Oh, that was Baz. Yeah, Barry Loveday. So he did 44 and then Kevy did 58. So, gotcha. yeah, Ryan and Kevin were running alone for, yeah, a while. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there was, there was, at the Clint Eastwood, I was there too, and there was real hope that they would just go through the whole night. Mm. I think Kevin. I remember Kevin. Yeah. He, um, he hadn't he taken work. He's got to work tomorrow yeah, or something. He's like, I've got to work in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> didn't take leave off he's been running for however many days and yeah it's like oh, i've got to go to work in the morning <laughs> that's what um when i was speaking to john woon he said when he finished at miram Wernet, it was like 2 a.m yeah and he went home slept and then worked the next day yeah oh. <laughs> God. crazy hardcore 
they are hardcore. Yeah, but I think the other good thing about the um, the Miriam Wernert race, the Satellite World Championships, was you mentioned Tim, like you're getting all the states together. But and a lot of them had never met each other either, so it was mm. special for that reason. Mm. It was one of the good things, I guess, about being, Australia being so big is it's mm. rare to get all the best runners together, and when when they do, it's a special occasion. Whereas yeah. with other countries, mm. like I don't know some of those smaller European countries, like it's the same runners every time. Mm. Well, it was definitely the, the race of the year for me. Yeah. And um, and you got to be there too, Tim. Yeah. No, I was, that, I was very was... lucky. Mm. I mean, I did, I did pay for it myself to get down there, but. Yeah. Were it, you crewing, was... did you crew Ben Hurst? No. No, I, I kind of crewed for him up at Clint Eastwood, but no, yeah. I was just down there to do social media because um, I, I did, just didn't think anyone was was covering it like yeah, loop by loop. So yeah, I, I snuck in down there and I, I wanted to meet the WA crew as well because a lot of them had signed up to the Masters. But yeah, I, I found that um, I found Team Australia's performance really inspirational even for myself like mm -hmm. just just the way they went about it and i really don't think uh i don't think australia was on the on the world radar for backyard ultras because two years ago chris murphy got what 46 is that right 46 yeah that sounds right yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've got we can add another 30 yards onto that so I think I think Laz Laz was in the know and, and he I know that he knew Australia had a pretty good team. I think Australian race directors knew that a lot of the runners were very capable and they were in in many respects the totals we were achieving in Australia, um, you know, I think most just thought, well, we could go a lot bigger than that. We just need the right circumstances where we got the big guns all together in the one event. Mm -hmm. So yeah, everyone everyone thought there'd be a bit of a showdown between Ryan Crawford and and Phil Gore, and yeah. that's what ended up happening. Then you throw in Rob Parsons, and he, he's a guy I think he's he's really one to watch. Yeah. But um, yeah, the fact that we came third in the world, I think I think it's really positive signs for Australia going forward, and I think. I think the whole backyard ultra world is like, oh, hang on, you know what? There's something going, there's something going on in Australia. Like, yeah, to get that total, and because people knew about the Belgians, they knew about the Belgians from last time. They mm -hmm. they know about the US. They they know about Japan. They're a fairly strong team, but I don't think Australia was really in the mix. Mm. But um, we certainly are now. Yeah, we are big time. Big mm. time, and it's just it's and we're just going to keep getting better and better. Exactly, and I I think um, I've spoken to Ryan and Phil and then a few others, and I think they will be they will be aiming for a hundred. I think I think Australia is going to have their own breaking one hundred moment. Yeah. I think that's what they'll be shooting for. Mm. Uh, are you planning on? Um going to any other backyard ultras next year, Tim, just to cover the social side of things, or are you not sure yet? I'd like to, mate, but it's, it is it is a big expense. Yeah. You know, you've got the airfares, accommodation, car hire, plus 
it's it's the loss of income yeah. for being away for you know four or five days so i'll probably just uh i won't do much next year um i might leave it to someone else to <laughs> to carry the torch if i, could, I really I do enjoy it i love it i absolutely love it it's yeah. so much fun yeah, you did a good job. You were out on court doing on-course interviews and stuff like that. It was really good. Yeah, thanks, man. I really do enjoy it. Um, but, I mean, I wasn't doing much. I basically get, I got what I wanted and then I'd go back to the hotel for a <laughs> few hours. I, I wasn't like the crew. I wasn't like Gemma Gore who was there the whole time. Um, probably the, the most heartbreaking moment was, was Jessica Smith. Oh yeah. Um, that was just that that was shocking that moment. It was it, and people were crying. People yeah, were crying. I can imagine. Phil Gore actually shed a few tears. He he doesn't he doesn't show his emotions much, but he actually he was really cut up. I think the whole WA crew was cut up. Yeah. I'm a big fan of, of Jess. I think she's amazing. Um as mm. a runner and as a person. And yeah, to have something like that not come like work out the way that you wanted it to, it, it would be devastating. I think the key takeaway, really, if you can, is to have two crew on rotation. I know a lot of people just turn up with one crew, and, and that's that's all they can afford if they're coming from interstate. But yeah. just to have a plan for the crew to to rotate because. Yeah, who, who's actually looking after the crew? Like, if the yeah, crew right. days, yeah. what's yeah. what's happening there? So, and um, I, I actually, I recently um, did an interview with Gemma Gore, and that was one of her key takeaways: was as a crew, don't forget to look after yourself, look after each mm, other. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. So I think. Yeah, that, I think it shocked it's it shocked everyone, <laughs> and I um yeah I gave I gave Jess a big hug that next day, and it was just um yeah it, it was just it was just a sense of sadness because she was the first yeah. one she was the first one to go yeah um, and and she she really wanted to break that record as well so um yeah but Jess being the good person she was she got right behind Margie and yeah. she celebrated margie's yeah um, win yeah it's really great great sportsmanship yeah um yeah well jess is on my list as one of the people to watch um next year because i think um she's had a, a big taste of what she's capable of and she's she'll have the fire now because she's missed out on something and so i think she's just gonna mm. come in guns blazing Mm. Is she going to the Masters, Tim? Oh yeah, she signed up. Yep, yeah, her and Margie, big yeah, time. Yeah. Um, do you think? Um, do you think there's something happening, Pato and Nicole? With I'm not sure if it's just a coincidence, but there's a bit of a movement happening with uh, triathletes and people who do Ironman and stuff. They're actually sneaking across to backyard ultras and just ultras in general. Do you think that's, mm. I mean, to me, Josh Duff was a massive surprise. He came out yeah. of nowhere. And now we've got um, 
And they're really good at it too, some of them. Like Josh, I think before Dead Cow Gully, the furthest he'd gone in a run, a single run was 100K, and then he went and did something like over 240K or something. At mm. So that they have the endurance. Um, yeah. Yeah, what do you think? What do you think it is? Is it um, something to do with their training? Is it is it using using different parts of the body? Is it, is it the cycling? Is it is it um, is it their capacity to just endure lots of pain over a long period? Like what? I, what I think, think that I think they're trained to in, to push through pain. Mm. And I think also they know how to train. Yeah. Well train for big races because those triathletes they train like oh it's insane like 25 hours a week and stuff yeah, like. across three disciplines yeah mm. um and also i think um because they're they do use cross training to keep fit as well so if they're feeling a meal coming along with their running they might spend a week or two on the bike instead mm. to keep yeah their, to keep their fitness. Mm. yeah Whereas us ultra runners are just stubborn and we'll just keep running through it. <laughs> yeah. But I think um, ultra running is get, getting more and more popular as well like, hmm. than it was a few. I think, yeah, I think people are intrigued by it, especially the backyard ultra format. When you tell people about it, their interest is peaked. They're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, and I it's also, try that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, because it's something that they can imagine that they could possibly give it a try yeah. yeah yeah um why do you ask that tim about triathletes is there um someone signed up for master well, I, I feel so bad what's that um what's that lady's name you're very impressed with oh, uh, holly ranson holly ranson yeah i've been thinking about it for the past half an hour i can't <laughs> yeah holly holly ranson i've i've called her up and i listened to your podcast and and she comes from that sort of Iron Man background, right? And yeah. she she, she is one of the last ones in uh, at Hysterical Carnage when it was re stopped at thirty hours. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And and what did she do? She did a she broke the record, Pato, with um, yeah, the Australian record um, for twelve hour um, timed ultra, hundred hundred and thirty six k's. Was that on a track or do you know? Um, well, I was there. That's how I. Yeah. Um, and it was around a lake, so it wasn't even an athletics track. It was kind of like a, a mix between pavers and concrete. Yeah. And how far like did she go? 136 k's. Wow. Yeah. Just an absolute machine. I'd yeah. never seen anything like it before. Yeah. I was blown away. And it was, so, it was so hot as well. Like it was over in Adelaide. Um, it was about 30 degrees when it started at 6 and it was that kind of air that you breathed in and it didn't mm. feel like you were getting any relief. Oh, God. It was just that warm, thick air and she just kept on going. And I, as soon as it finished, like a few hours later, I messaged Tim and said, oh, you should have seen this. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah, wow. Well, she might be one to watch at Masters then, Tim. Yeah, well, she she has signed up and um, I think I think she's one to watch. I've, uh, Pato, Pato is actually really excited. I've never seen him so excited about a runner. <laughs> it, it's true. It's true. Yeah. But, so. but you would have heard in the um, in the podcast I did with her. She's she actually is keen to use her 
exercise bike between loops to stop it to make sure she keeps warm. Yeah. Especially if it gets cold. I, it, it, because um, that's the hardest thing. One of the hardest things about backyard ultras is getting up for that loop mm. when you're really tired. You mm. just feel like you're melting into that chair and you yeah. can't move sometimes. It gets mm. pretty comfy, that chair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, hey, she might, Yeah. What are you doing over Easter? <laughs> well, I am doing the um, um, Coburg 24-hour track race. In oh, is that the same weekend? It's. I think it's the week before or the week after. Oh, yeah. 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 Pato, why don't you fly up to Dead Cow and and crew for Nicole? She, she, you've, <laughs> probably already got, you've probably got Leah. You've probably got Leah. Yeah. You've got Leah from last time. But what if you had Pato in there? That would be helpful. I'm also I'm I'm trying to rope Charlotte Roberts in too. <laughs> if she's True. not, yeah. Bro, actually, yeah, she she just she she's just focusing on masters, isn't she? Yeah. Pato, come up. Yeah, well, up, it definitely sounds good. Uh, but I do have a few interstate trips lined up already. Like, I'm going to I'm signed up for birdies. Um. And that's going to be a big expense too because you can. I'm going to have to mm. hire a van from the airport to drive to. Yeah. Like, um, so, yeah. I, but, and, like, hopefully I make the Masters. I have to pay. I'll have to pay to get up there for that too. So I've got to put a, a cap on the amount of interstate trips I'm going to make. But I would love to come. Yeah. Well, Pato, if you come up, I'll pick you up from the airport. Yeah, and you can stay in the um, homestead in the farmhouse, mate. So VIP. <laughs> it sounds good. <laughs> it's got to pay for your for your flights, and you can watch um, you can watch Nicole get a fifty yards. <laughs> <laughs> Only fifty? What? <laughs> oh, sorry, seventy. Um, but yeah, Rob, you mentioned Rob Parsons before. Holly Ranson and Rob Parsons, they're my two runners to watch in 2023. Mm. I mean, getting 30 yards at hysterical in your first backyard, that's that's pretty big, right? That's and you reckon she could have kept going. She could have got well, 40. Well, you know? it sounds like it sounded like she was comfortable and she could have kept on going, no problem mm. at all. Mm. Um, she's got a really good crew. Like she had, um, well, at the twelve-hour race, yeah, she had a really good crew with her, and it sounds like she's going to have a good crew at the Masters as well. So mm. it's, it's going to be interesting to see how she does. Mm. But yeah, she's a machine. Like you should have seen this twelve-hour race. I just couldn't believe my eyes. Mm. She she lapped me about twenty times. <laughs> <laughs> And how, and how did you feel, Pato? Well, I did 92 Ks. I really wanted to do 100, but it was pretty tough conditions. And, yeah. Um, I had a fun time. I came yeah. second. I came second by 600 metres. <laughs> wow. It's so close, really, when you think about it, in the grand scheme of things of a 12-hour race. Yeah. That's very close. I know. I had a seven-minute break where I yeah. just laid down for seven minutes. I'm going through all the times when I stopped thinking, oh, if I just... Yeah, if only. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all do that. Yeah. Um, what um, Backyard Ultra did you do, Pado? Oh, I've done two. I've done the MVP last, well, earlier this year. Um, I did 16 
loops of that. That was the first ultra I'd ever done. Yeah. As well as the first backyard ultra. I also did the GV on oh, yeah. the Shepparton one. Yeah. And I did mm. 22 at that one. Yeah. 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 How was that one? Was that good? Yeah, that was yeah, the overall. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot yeah. of fun. It was heaps of fun, actually. It was, yeah. I'm, doing, I'm signed up to do three next year. That one in Shepparton, MVP, and um, Birdies. Yeah. And I'm hoping that Masters will be the fourth. Yeah, so, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've I've got um a, a bit of a list for um runners to watch next year. Yeah. So, as, as I was saying before, like um backyard ultras, I think are really about community, um, mm. and like who who wants to be one of the elites and and run the first twenty four hours without any of the other people there that make it so much fun, you know. Um, so I've got a few, cause there's so many people trying to get to 24 hours. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously my mate, Jason Richards. So I think if he does one, um, next year, he, he'll crack the 24. So he knows he can run over a hundred miles. He just did coast to Cozzy where it's 241 K, but he's never been able to do it in a backyard ultra. Um, so I think he's one to watch for like the 24 hour people. Um, Kirsty Ferguson, uh, Liv Compton, Tammy Wickham, all those girls. Um, so they're all around the 24-hour mark. They're gunning for the 24 hours. I think um, Kirsty and Liv actually did, um, they surpassed 24 hours this year actually. Um, but there's just so many people in that zone that I think we're, we're going to see do really well this year. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think... I think we've got a really good base mm. in Australia. I think it's it keeps on growing and there's I mean Dead Cow, Dead Cow this year we had what Nicole was it was it how many people finished twenty four yards? Was it twenty two runs? Yeah. Twenty two? Twenty two. And that was the largest that was the largest group yeah. for a backyard ultra in Australia. So yeah, I think it's just the base keeps growing and that's I think that's where all the excitement is, and that's that's mm. the future, really. If you think about it, growing that base. Mm. Um, Actually, saw uh, Laz did a uh, post about twenty-four uh, hour backyards. I was going to mention that. Yeah, yeah, that seems to be an emerging format, just like a mm. backyard ultra twenty-four. Yeah, so just just stop at twenty-four. <laughs> and then, so how is the winner decided? Well, it, it seems to be more of a um, more of a team thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I've often thought about this of, of doing a twenty four, and on the last loop, it's it's the first one that comes back. That yeah. Oh, imagine that a, that a sprint, win. a yeah, sprint of six point seven k at twenty four hours. Imagine sprinting the twenty fourth yard. I mean, that'd be pretty exciting. Yeah. It but yeah. Horrible, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um. It's interesting. It's interesting. I mean, it, 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 if there is no winner, it seems like it's more of a team thing, like how many mm-hmm. of us can get get across the line. Yeah. I forget yeah. where I heard it, but I know there is one somewhere in Australia that's a 24-hour backyard ultra and that they time every runner with a chip. Oh, and yeah. It's the one who does accumulate, accumulates the least amount of time. Yeah. Really? Okay. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, that is. 
then it's speed and endurance. Yeah, it, it would bring a whole different mindset to the and strategy to the whole thing, I think, a 24-hour yeah. one just based compared to an unlimited one. Mm. You're always mm. trying to conserve that your energy in like a normal backyard ultra. But if you know it's 24, mm. you're going to push yourself a little bit harder in each lap. Yeah. Well, you've got a finish line, don't you? Yeah. You've got a set finish time. So that that's huge, isn't it? Yeah, that would be interesting, mate. Like you wouldn't really have to worry about sleep. You'd just mm. charge forward, wouldn't you? Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, so what? Sorry. Sorry. And what um, What event is that, Pato? Is oh, it one in Australia? Yeah, it is in Australia, in Victoria somewhere, I think. I forget what it's called. Um, I saw mm. it somewhere on mm. the running calendar, but... Um, I was working that weekend and couldn't do it, so I didn't really pay too much more yeah. attention after that. Mm. But I thought it was an interesting idea. Yeah. But it's also a good idea because, like, you know you can get just get away for the weekend and yeah. you don't have to worry about not, like, not making work on the Monday and stuff and <laughs> like, your family can come and um, camp, camp there with you and stuff like that. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, just book the hotel. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it would play havoc with your family plans, just not knowing when this damn event's going to finish. <laughs> it's just yeah, like, it plays havoc on everything. <laughs> yeah, particularly if you've got kids. What if you've got kids and you've got babysitting? And Yeah, I, that's what I have to juggle all the time. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, Tim, when are you going to do another Backyard Ultra? Like organise or, or run? No, run. When are you going to run one? Well, look, I was, I was kind of. I, I run a little bit. I'm not like you guys. I just, I just don't think I've got the motivation to, to go big. But I am, I am going to the gym quite a bit, and I am doing some running and doing some cycling. Mm -hmm. I um, yeah. So my probably my, my PB would be six loops i think it's five or six loops where was that i think i did this at dead cow um last year or the year before mm. i um like a training run yeah yeah just mm -hmm. just by myself so <laughs> i um yeah i don't i don't know nicole i think it's i think you've got to have the motivation yeah and i um I don't know. I, I never, I never really liked um, sports days at school. I used to hate, I used to hate sports days, and I've got this strange thing where I'd, I'd feel sick in the stomach. Yeah. Whether I won or lost, I would feel it'd be the same feeling. There'd be no, there'd be no feeling of accomplishment if I won an event. I'd still feel anxious and sick. Wow. So I'm not, I'm not sure what that is. Um, and sometimes I would do events. I'd deliberately hold myself back mm. because I had a, <laughs> I had a, I had a fear of, um, I don't Excelling. know. Yeah, maybe I should lie back on the couch and we should have a therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> How long have we got? <laughs> yeah, I, I really enjoy just going out and like not telling what not telling anyone i'm going for a run i like the idea of just um 
Yeah, you one. can do more for yourself rather than uh, a race. Or... Yeah, I can see if I if I signed up for an event, it would it would hold me accountable, like for mm -hmm. your training and and everything, and joining a running group. But uh, for me personally, yeah, I like to just go for a, a run on the farm or up Running Mead Road and just you know just run for ten, walk for two, yeah. run for ten, walk for two, um, keep the heart rate down. But yeah, I'm just. Um, I'm probably more interested in just organising a few events and um, doing a podcast like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what predictions for next year? Predictions for 2023? Um, I think in 2023 we're going to see um, we're going to see maybe um, a bit more um, female. Dominance coming through. Um, we have some really, really incredible female backyarders now. Uh, Margie, Jess, Charlotte, Nikki. There's so many. Um, so it won't surprise me at all if we see more females now win. And we might even see, for the first time in Australian history, we might see the top two as females. Cool. That's one of my predictions. What what event will this happen, Nicole? Well, it could happen at any. Um, yeah, there's no um, there's no prejudice. Um, can you can you handle the heat? Okay, can you handle like humidity? <laughs> Are you talking literally? Can I handle the heat? <laughs> well, well. <laughs> When you're running, when you're running, can you handle the sticky, hot conditions? Yeah. So, you yeah. For, right? You train for that. Maybe. Yeah. So are you, you're going to head up to old mates? Is that, is that on the cards? Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm. Well, God, it was, um, it was so hot. Like oh, yeah. we were... <laughs> Like even people standing around, it was just yeah, just, just yeah. dripping. But you'd be you'd be kind of used. I mean, Brisbane gets pretty damn hot, doesn't it, in summer? Sometimes, you'd yeah. Be, you'd be used to that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it'll be me. I'm just saying it'll be. I, I think we'll we'll see that. We'll finally see females. Um, like if you look at um, historical carnage. So in that those last five, three of them were women. That's got to be a that's got to be a first, right? Not sure. Yeah. So yeah, would have been really good to see how that one panned out. Yeah. It was a shame it was cancelled. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. Do you agree with that, um, Pato? You reckon there's going to be some big female performers next year? Yeah. Well, there's no reason why not. Like, I mean. There were some absolute gun female runners. Um, all you need is like a few more, like a few more in the in the race. It's um, because often like they, they are male dominated events a lot of the time. So mm. if you obviously the, it's a bit of a numbers game. If you've got more females, they're more likely to do well. And like I mean, there I mean, there's a lot of good ones like. Um, Margie Hadley, I, I really do think Holly Vanson is a 
will be a superstar. Yeah, I can't wait to see what she can do now. Yeah. If given mm. a chance, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any predictions, Tim, or do you have any more predictions, Nicole? Um, I think uh, we'll see um, probably something really big from Ryan Crawford, um, bigger than what he's done before. I think um, he's probably got um, a bit of a fire in his belly now um, just to see if he can push himself further. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Mm. I'd like yeah, to. Big, big time. Yeah, he would have, like he would have learned a lot from that Miramoon at race. Mm. Like he knows that he needs to manage his sleep a bit better. Um, mm. And once he gets that under control, yeah. we know that he'll be he'll be able to do. Like he, like I reckon he can do a hundred. Well, one of my predictions is I reckon a hundred yards will be broken at the Australian Masters. Mm -hmm. I think you could be right. Yeah, I think Ryan, um, I think he's he's that good that he can, most events he turns up to, he wins. And, um, but with Phil, that was his, that was his biggest challenge he's had in terms of ultra running, I believe. So if he can, if he can sort that out, if he can have a couple of crew rotating, if he can get, come up with a sleep plan. I know for a fact, and Nicole's right, he has got fire in the belly. Mm. Um, he's quite phenomenal, really, his, his um, mental toughness. Yeah. Yeah. Most, I think most events, um, through my conversations with him, yeah, he, he, he's such a good runner. He can, um, you know, so, so, some events he can just enter half-cooked and still win. But yeah. yeah Phil, Phil was the big one for him, and, and he came up short. So I think once these two go head-to-head go head again, um, I think it could be something special because he, he really has motivation now. He's got, mm. he, he's got a reason. He's got a reason to really go for it. Yeah. And, um, look, if he can't find crew, we can provide crew for him. Um, you know, we've got plenty of resources here. So I, I think I think Phil and Ryan, I think I think this will be a thing for the next five or six years, you know. I, I can see these guys going head to head multiple yeah. times. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing um at Masters uh I'd I want I'd seeing Phil Gore um up against Harvey Lewis. Um, I just, I feel like Phil needs someone who can take him to his absolute limit. Um, he's only been defeated once in every race he's done. I think it's just once. And that was to Michael Hooker, um, mm. in 2020. Um, so yeah, it would be interesting to see Phil get to that point, you know, the, the breaking point that, that point that we all want to get to, to find out what we have. Yeah. Mm. Well, my other prediction for 2023 is that Phil will be the last one standing at Biggs. Wow. Yeah. I reckon he's that good. Mm. He, he is good. I mean, the thing with Phil is he's obsessed. He's absolutely obsessed. Yeah. And um, 
you know, he, he came he came to Miramona to win it. Yeah. And he put everything in place to win it. I think other runners they're a bit more um a bit more carefree and a bit more a bit more casual. But um he he's so he's so driven that um I I'd agree with that, Pato. I reckon I reckon well, people must know who he is now, right? I know Harvey Lewis definitely knows who Phil is now. Yeah. And this is a real this is um this is a real challenge for Harvey. I think I think it's game on. What's yeah. Harvey's record? He's got um, eighty five, I believe. That's his PB. Yeah, it's eighty five. Mm. Yeah, that was last. That was last year, right? Yeah, he was the world record holder for a, a time, wasn't he? With eighty five, I yeah. think. So yeah, he had that incredible year where he won Bad Water, and he got the new world record, eighty five loops. That was his like a stellar year. Mm. So um, yeah. Well, we've lined up another doco, guys. So uh, <laughs> oh, cool. It all for the masters okay. or for Deep Cow Gully? Nah, just just for the masters, mate. So it's gonna you, be yeah. You're using the same videographer. Yep, yep. yep. So Dan, Dan, yep. Dan Hader from Widelands Media. So he's gonna come out and um. Yeah, well, the doco's paid for and it'll be probably a little bit longer and um, he's prepared to to stay for, for quite a few days. So. Yeah. <laughs> we just have to try to choose someone as good as Nicole to, um, to interview. <laughs> it's a pretty, pretty, hard, pretty hard act to follow. I know. No, he did a really good job. Yeah. He, he really captured the essence of Backyard Ultras. It's, all, it's had almost a hundred thousand views now. I've seen. I saw. Yeah. Well, Nicole said she's viewed it five hundred times. So she's uh, five hundred five hundred sixty now. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool. Like you know, um, with the views, about forty percent of the views have actually come from the UK. Oh, that's interesting. really interesting. Yeah, they've had the most views. So um, the UK, the US. And then I think Australia comes in third. So, yeah, wow. Yeah, the UK seem to be pretty. Um, they must like the whole, you Concept. know, the whole country Queensland thing. Mm. I think they must like that. I think there's a few. Um, when you go when you YouTube Backyard Ultra, there's a couple of other docos, like like just um, a bit more amateurish. But I think there are a couple of English ones there. So the, the English people mm. do like their backyard ultra docos. Mm. Yeah, well, um, my prediction, my prediction for 2023 is I think, I think Nicole will, will probably at least at least beat her course record at dead cow so so she's sitting at 30. um thing about nicole it sounds strange talking about her when i she, know this feels really weird <laughs> thing about nicole was um every runner there said nicole could actually win this damn thing chris murphy said um and it was it came up in the doco that yeah that one of his top picks was nicole so um yeah, looking strong the whole time. And I think it was just, 
you can speak for yourself, Nicole, but did mm. you feel nauseous? Did you feel nauseous in the end? Your stomach was playing up in that loop or had you just, yeah. you, you'd achieved you what know, you wanted to achieve and you just sort of said, let's call it a day? I, I was slightly nauseous on lap 31, trying to get down to the gully. It just sort of, um, and this is what I've learned for Backyard Ultras is never set a goal, never have a number um, because I guarantee as soon as you hit it, your race is going to be over. There's mm. no doubt about that. Mm. Um, a switch goes off in your head that you have no control over and then that's it. Um, and that's what happened for me. I, I got the, the course record, the female course record, and suddenly I was just satisfied. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so I guess I used feeling nauseous as an excuse um, and then I hear the way that you speak about how Ryan and, and Phil are at, you know, the pointy end of races and it makes me realise I haven't even scratched the surface if that's the mm. condition that they're in and I'm going, oh, I feel nauseous. Um, yeah, it just goes to show we've, we've all got so much more and, and I, I regretted it. I really regretted it in the days after Dead Cow Gully. Um, I became really disappointed with myself for stopping, um, especially given um, Josh and Baz only went for five or six more laps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, Nicole, you probably haven't reached that survival mode yet, that limp mode. No. Like you haven't reached that Ross McPhee mode mm. where you know you're not going to win it um, and you're just you're getting slower and slower, but you're just consistently just... Yeah. You, you probably haven't reached that. Mm. No, that not at all. Stage. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, I, I would agree with your prediction, Tim. I, um, I'll i certainly be giving it a crack at Dead Cow Gully. Mm. I think, um, Pat, I, I think I'd agree. I think 100, I think 100 is in within sight. Um whether that happens at um, at the Masters, whether it happens at um, at Biggs, I don't know. But um, I think the Dead Cow course is just going to be so good because it's, it's low elevation. The time of year, it's just it's ideal. The heat won't be an issue. Um, the night course would be great because again, it's it's a bit of variation. I should measure this tomorrow, but yeah, I think it's probably about twenty meters elevation the road loop mm. and. I think it'd be a pretty cool atmosphere. And just to have Harvey around, I think, is going to really G people up. You know, if, if you if you rock up to an event and you know that Harvey's flowing all the way out from the US to be there, I don't think you're going to just, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. I think you're going to leave everything out in the course. You're just yeah. going to keep going and going and going and going. So, um You'd want to impress him, I reckon. You'd want to either be one of the last ones with him so you can actually spend some time with him out there. Mm. And, and just that's what I like. I, I just want to impress him. It's like mm. do everything I could do to stay out there as long as I could. I'm looking you know, forward to next year. I can't wait. And, you know, Bad Badwater's, by all accounts, it's one of the hardest races in the world. And I think Harvey's been there nine or ten times so 
I think someone else has done more bad waters than him, but he's he's right up there. I think he's probably number two or three. Mm. He just loves it. He just loves that event. So, um, mm. well, you mentioned um, Nikki Wind before. She's she's won bad water before. Yeah, yeah. She's something like um, she hold, she's the third fastest female for that course or something. Mm. Um, wow, she, she's incredible. Yeah, and she's just so down to earth. <clears throat> hey, um, Tim, have you been um, involved in any of, like, the discussions, like if you're going to be part of the bronze or silver ticket um, thing next year? Yeah, look, I haven't applied for it, Paddo. Um, I did. I know that it, when I was in discussions with Harvey, he said, oh, do you want to apply for a gold ticket for, for Masters? And like I reached out to Laz, and it seems like it's it's very difficult to get another gold ticket. Mm. And um, the impression I got from Laz was, look, if if, if you want to get to bigs, it's more about a high loop number. It's all about the yards you accumulate, yeah. um, not so much about the tickets. So, yeah, mate, I I sort of I didn't apply for a silver ticket, and I. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if I really if I really agree with the, the, the ticketing system in, in general. Like, um, I think it should be more of an even playing field. I think either, you know, every event has a golden ticket or we have no golden tickets. Mm. Um, because, I but, mean, there's not that many races anyway, really, is there? Like, and Yeah. I mean, there's opportunities to run a high number and make the Australian team, so... Yeah, so Laz, Laz, the email he sent was he he said it's yeah if you want to get to bigs your best chance is just to get a high yeah a high total but that that's how you get in um, yeah so um, which is okay in theory but then you know you're relying on the person on your assist so you kind mm -hmm. of <clears throat> I mean because I kind of like um, but I mean because obviously. I haven't done anything in my running backyard ultra running career yet, but I, I mean, making the Australian team—that's kind of like what appeals to me the most. I reckon running in that team would just be the best experience, especially after watching what it was like at Miriam Werner. Mm, it'd be pretty uh, special. Yeah, and if there was a silver ticket, I mean, I would chase chase a silver ticket race if there was yeah. one. Yeah. Mm. I think I think in all honesty, mate, I think my pride's probably getting in the way. I think I I think I, I tried to apply for the gold, I missed out, and I um getting a silver ticket's almost like a bit of a downgrade. So <laughs> maybe maybe it's just my pride that's getting in the way. But mm. yeah, I just sort of think um yeah, I don't know about these golden tickets. It's just it sort of seems what in Australia? How many golden tickets are there? Are there two events with golden tickets? I, I think it's only it's only the Australian champs. That's it. All oh, right. To get a golden yeah. ticket, you win the Australian champs, um, and the only other race, the only other tickets are bronze and silvers. A bronze ticket gets you into a silver race. Yeah, and winning, gotcha. a sil winning a silver ticket gets you an automatic spot on the Australian team. Oh, gotcha. Um, and Ross McPhee. And Tim Kay, they were the two silver ticket runners in the Australian team that we just had. 
I thought Miriam Wernet was their their normal event. I thought that that was a golden ticket event. Just uh, it was a silver silver to get into the Australian team. A, a gold, yeah, because a golden ticket is the ticket to bigs. Gotcha. Gotcha. Right. Have have either of you been to birdies before? No. Um, I'd like to get there one day. Because um, you've seen that it's the it's the venue of the next satellite world championships for the Australian team. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I'll I'll probably get over there for that one. I have been invited by Sean to come across. So um, yeah. yeah, I heard it's a similar similar vibe to Dead Cow, but I think yeah, Sean Sean um, he's really done some good work over there in WA and. Yeah, his his documentary came out first. Have you seen Have you seen Sean's documentary, The Birdies? Yeah, from a couple of years the, ago. The one where um, uh, Phil it was Phil Gore's first one, and he um, yeah Michael Hooker one. Mm. That's it. That's that, it. That was it. That was a good one too, wasn't it? That's a good doco. Yeah. yeah. And the other one that we the Unlimit, I think it's called the one where Phil Gore comes back and wins. And Big mm. Kev is the assist. That's an awful, That's a great one too. Mm. Um, but the thing with birdies, I'm pretty sure because it's a camping ground that they'll have a um, an amenities block. So if they can set up the um, the start, not the corral near there, and kind of like have in, incorporate the amenities block into where the runners. Um, get ready, whatever you call it, that would be perfect. That's how Belgium did it. They had a big hall with bedrooms in it and stuff. So they were able to, they were all in a big hall, so they weren't affected by the cold weather and stuff like that. Mm, that's genius. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, um, Tim, as a race director, um, how is the venue selected? This, this venue, like Dead Cow? Or, no, no, for um, like the team event or the, the world's event. Oh, right. So, yeah, we've got a little race director um, messenger group and um, we just sort of chat amongst each other and um, I think Sean wanted to take it on. Mm -hmm. Do you guys like have a vote or does Laz ultimately decide? Or Didn't really have a, an official vote. I think Sean threw his hat in the ring and said, do you think it's fair that we the WA takes on an event because it was at Clint Eastwood, Miriam weren't it? Um, yeah, it would make it would make sense if it was in yeah, you know, Western Australia or South Australia. So um, yeah, no one really contested Sean. Um, I think everyone was happy that that it was going to happen at Birdies, and then. Um, yeah, maybe next time I might put my hand up. But, yeah, by all accounts, I think Birdies is a really cool course and really good venue and um, a real carnival atmosphere there. Mm. Mm. <clears throat> um, with the Backyard Masters, is that going to be an annual event? I had to think about this in my ride today, Pato, and I'm thinking it would be a biannual events yeah. so every two years because i don't want to clash i don't want to clash with with bigs um well I the think timing the timing of it is perfect 
as a mm. preparation race for bigs as well. Yeah. Yeah. So every so biannual is perfect, I reckon. I reckon every two years. So yeah, and, and that period where you can quali qualify will be yeah, like an over eighteen month period. So it'll be from from January to to May over eighteen months. Is that eighteen months? Have I got my calculations right? Sounds about right. It's close. It's close to 18 months, yeah. Do you think that's a good idea, mate? Because I, I just think if I put it on again the next year, it could it could clash with with yeah. the main show. I reckon biannually is a good idea. It make, keeps makes it special as well. Mm. Every second. Mm. Yeah. The only thing that would be a good thing about having it every year is that if it was if it was this year or no if it was this time next year it would also be part of the qualifying period for making the australian team mm -hmm. oh would it uh actually i'm not too sure that's no, I, I i'm jumbled up now I'm just too <laughs> mm. but no i think biannually is perfect yeah because yeah. you've got the Tau Gully every year anyway. Mm. And then you're going yeah. to have bull camps soon as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, we, ha um, we have to put that on ice, mate, because it's it's just um, – <laughs> I'm just trying to sort of juggle juggle all these balls. I'm a bit of a, a one-man band because mm. I have to get the course ready and it's, it's, it's also – it's the flights for Harvey, return flights for Harvey and return flights for um, his crew. I think Judd, Judd's going to come across one of his crew. Then you've got the cost of the documentary. Um, so it's straight straight away you're looking at a pretty pretty big loss, but I'm, I'm prepared to, you know, to take that loss. I've got other sources of income from my normal day job. But, yeah, I just don't think I could carry that. Um, Return flights every year. <laughs> I don't yeah. think. I just don't think I can do that. Yeah. So. Um, no, I think it lines, up, it lines up perfectly. Yeah, yeah, man. It's um, it's going to be a challenge. It's nine weeks from dead cow, but in many respects, the course is already going to be ready. Everything's going to be ready. I might just have to give it one final mo. Mm. And. Um, yeah, I'm really, really, really excited. Harvey's going to be staying in the farmhouse and we're going to do a little podcast yeah, cool. the day before. So we're going to film that podcast the day before. Um, so, Is that with yeah. you, Pato? Are you doing that podcast? I don't. I, I don't think no. so. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless you want to. <laughs> but you can, Pato, you can do whatever you want. You can <laughs> Anything you want, you can do on the yeah. farm. Um. But yeah, this is with Dan. So Dan, who does the documentary. Oh right, yeah. I'm I'm paying him extra to um to do like a podcast, to televise, well, to film the podcast in yeah. the farmhouse. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, it's been like an hour and forty minutes. So it's been. I know. Pretty, been, <laughs> that felt like fifteen minutes. Yeah. This is what happens when you put three people together who. Live and breathe backyard ultras. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. Pato, just a big congratulations to you, mate, for your podcast. So, yeah. oh, you know, nice. you've had some really good guests on. And the great thing about you is you um, actually let people speak. You're not interrupting people. You've got a very gentle, calm voice and approach and it's it's pretty clear that you're you're passionate about backyard ultras and mm. yeah i think everyone out there i'm not sure what your numbers are mate but uh, i hope they're growing because everyone's really impressed with what you're doing yeah mm. thanks mate and thanks for coming on and also you were the first ever guest too so um mm. that was really good of you to say yes to a podcast that didn't even exist at the time <laughs> That was a great podcast, mate. Yeah, I really um, yeah, yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, uh, Nicole, for coming on as well. Thank you for having me. No worries. Hopefully I'll see you both in person at a race soon. Yeah, sometime next year. Mm. Yeah. Now, Pato, yeah. should we do this? Should we do this every every year? Did you want oh. to lock us in? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> can we be can we be reoccurring guests? To yeah. wrap up for you. We'll yeah, be yeah, your, yeah, yeah. your recap. Great, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> uh, it's been lots of fun. Yeah. Well, um, all the best over the new year at, at your races and everything like that. And uh, thanks for coming on. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry <laughs> Christmas. Stay safe. Yeah, you too. See ya. See ya. Bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you could share, comment, like, subscribe, all of that. If you've got any feedback, shoot me a message. Hope you have a great day. See ya.